Ayo, Mr. Mahevsky. We back. We, we back. back in a post NFL season world. I know. Strange, isn't it? It's strange. I'm in the honeymoon phase of like what you mentioned a few weeks ago, uh, like in the in the window week period, where it's like, oh, you know, it's sad the football's gone, but man, I got a lot of time in my hands now. I'm so organized. Yeah, my life's coming back together. <laughs> Yeah, it's like Sundays aren't given over to, like, TV watching and recapping the games that I didn't actually watch, you know? Yeah, and then Mondays and then Thursdays, it's great. I yeah. mean, I'd be excited if football were coming back, like, April, you know? But the yep. the, the one month off is nice. I agree. Completely agree, man. Uh, and I actually haven't replaced it with too much sports yet, although I'm starting to on-ramp some round ball uh, in terms yeah. of, you know, saving up my – my football brain space is going to be now given over to some basketball stuff, but uh, we should, we'll get to that. Cause I got, I got some, some news you'll like. Oh, great. I love news. I like, yeah. Uh, news you like is generally likable, <laughs> uh, but we got a lot. I mean, we're going to try something totally different tonight, I guess. Aren't we? Why not? Yeah. Why not? You know, we got some, we got some, uh, we got some takes, we got some opinions. It's a lot of happening. Depth. We're interesting people. We know things. Yeah. Like we read the New York times sometimes. <laughs> when people send me an article, yeah, yeah, right. The first paragraph until the paywall hits. <laughs> Actually, I think the dirty honest truth is that I have my mom's uh, login on my New York Times. Thirty-two oh, years old. They're almost thirty-three and uh, stealing from the New York Times. I have my my girlfriend's mom's login. To be honest, so even worse, probably. <laughs> the failing New York Times is failing for a reason. It's because we're using <laughs> our girlfriend's mom's accounts. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, well, did you watch the State of the Union? Yeah, I just watched that. You want to talk about that? Well, how about this? Do you got a sponsor? Oh, ooh, oh, uh, um, I've got a couple if you need some time to, to think. Yeah, you, you go. I, I, I didn't think about sponsors. Interesting. I mean, yeah, we, we, the, the show is still very, uh, highly profitable for our sponsors. So I, I didn't want them to miss out. Pull an ad revenue. Okay. Yeah. Right. Kick it off. Um, okay, well, I wouldn't expect you to be responding to or interacting with my spiel because I think you're going to be thinking of your own, but I've got two. <clears throat> First, Girl Scout cookies, in particular, Thin oh. Mints. There's, is this the season? I, apparently. I never know when okay. the season is, uh, but yeah. I was happy to see outside uh, on my Sunday when I was, like we were talking about before, doing my chores instead of watching football and kind of getting my life in order. So I did some grocery shopping on Sunday. And outside was a mother and her daughter uh, selling Girl Scout cookies. And I was oh. like, hell yeah. So uh, $20 later and four boxes uh, of cookies later, I uh, got home and devoured a full sleeve of Thin Mints. Uh, so that's sponsor number one. And uh, I, I mean, I don't know if this is Biden's economy or whatever, but uh, five bucks for a box of Girl Scout cookies is steep, very steep. Yeah. But I presume it goes to a good cause. I don't know. My, my time in the Scouts and the Girl Scouts was uh, – oh, wait a minute. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I, I just feel like that's, that's, that's a high price to pay. But, you know, I guess you, you, you think of it that it's going to good things. You know, it's not, New York Times isn't getting my $5 a month, but the Girl Scout cookies are. Uh, and then my other sponsor, Bennett, is the Angelino Wine Company. It's this uh, little – it's not a, I don't know if it's, it's like not a vineyard, but it's like a wine store type place. Like they make their own wine, but the vineyard isn't on site. I don't know what you'd call it. I guess you'd call it like a winery. I don't know. But anyways, I, I became a member when they first started out like four or five years ago and just had like a pretty basic membership there. 
four bottles every couple of months uh, and would go down and visit their location in downtown Los Angeles every once in a while. Each time I would visit, it was looking a little bit more kind of put together and a little bit more like, oh, look, they're, they're finally taking off. And then the pandemic hit. And of course, they weren't having any in-person tastings or no one, have, no one was hanging out in their like tasting room or anything. But they would just send out boxes of wine to people, their members. Uh, but I went down there for uh, the first time since the pandemic. And that place was hopping. I was like, damn, you guys have really like made a lot of improvements here. You've, you know, there's, a, there's now a bathroom on site. It used to be after you, you had to like get a key to go to the next door, uh, like the tenant of the next door place, which was like a you know, homespun clothing store. Uh, but now they've got their own bathroom. There's like seating. There's a bar where there's, you know, big piece of cherry wood on the bar. It's a single piece. So it's like a beautiful bar. It's a whole, whole vibe in there. And I was like, damn. You know, this local wine company that I came in here five years ago on a lark uh, and then have been patronizing since then has taken off. So I want to give him a it's, shout out as uh, my sponsor, my second sponsor. Yeah, it's nice to hear, you know, the COVID took these businesses one or two ways, I guess. And most of them, and we're all familiar with the ones that went out. But yeah, the ones yep. that made capital improvements with their PPP. That's nice. Yeah, it's, it's good stuff. Especially because it's local too, you know, it's like one that I, I obviously didn't know the people, who, the proprietors before I stumbled into their wine shop a couple of years ago. But now that, you know, like I receive emails from them and updates about what's going on and what's happening. And it's cool, like a little local success story. Uh, and it's definitely the kind of place that I expected to not have made it. Not because it wasn't well run, just because, you know, a lot of places were struggling. Yeah. Nice. Good sponsors. Good sponsors. Did uh, I buy you enough time there? Yeah. Yeah. I bought me enough time. My, uh, my sponsor is, is, uh, Mal- Malox, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Uh, total relief. Uh-oh. Do you have, hem- uh, you know, do you have hemorrhoids for- or something? <laughs> no, well, I'm trying to go for the one that does, I-, I don't know if I had the right one. The one that does, uh, you know, anti-acid. Is that the right one? Um, I mean, maybe, I don't know. It sounds like, it sounds like a, a rip-off Mayrock. Kind of. <laughs> I don't know. I-, I don't really know what it's called, but it's my sponsor. Are you having acid issues? I had a, I had a, um, I've had like an ulcer condition. Oh, geez. From when I was a kid. No, from when I was a kid, like I took a pill wrong and I just slept on it and like burned a little hole in my esophagus. Oh, Usually God. not a problem, but I went uh, skiing for a friend's bachelor party and then, you know, like big apres ski and then smoked a cigar and then decided to go to a steakhouse and, uh, Ulcer was not happy with my life choices there. So I've been, I've been leaning pretty heavily on this uh, anti-acid drink that just, it cures all. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. I'm feeling better now. Yeah, it was a rough go. It was a rough, rough stretch of me. Because, you know, these bachelor parties, I can do eh, two days, maybe three, stretching it. That third day is, is a stretch. This one was over the long weekend. So it went Friday to Monday. You know, land Thursday night, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, oh, God. Monday leave. Uh, yeah, by Sunday, I was just, I was a wreck. I was done. I needed to go home. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's too much. I mean, I'm sure you were just drinking the entire time, too. <laughs> well, skiing was good because at least it gave you an activity. But yeah, when we were not skiing, we were like playing like, dr- like drinking games like we were back in college and then going out to bars and like drinking some more and then eating big meals. Yeah, it was yeah. Uh, it was intensive on the stomach, to say the least. So yeah. thank you to my friends, Maylox or whoever that is. Yeah, whoever's soothing your stomach, uh, credit to them. I mean, I, I'm I'm like firmly of the in the camp now where it's like 
any kind of excessive drinking, uh, you know, one night in a row or not in a row, obviously, but like two nights in a row is way too much. Like one night of heavy drinking is it will, will sideline me for at least 24 hours. So two days is, is double too many. And then three days, it's like, I, I literally would have left on Sunday if I were you. I would have been like, you know what, yeah, guys? I was it's stuck been great. in Colorado. <laughs> yeah, I, I seriously, I mean, I pretty much did. I didn't ski. There were a couple of people like working and staying in. I'm like, I'm going to hang back with these guys. But, <laughs> you know, in these bachelor parties, it's all like, you know, it's like melding of friends. So you want to give the guy a great time, like show right. him, like be really fun. And then you want to like, you know, be like, yeah, like, you know, it's his college friend. Like, yeah, like check out his college friends versus like his like New York friends or his home friends. Right. Uh, you know, try to puff your chest a little bit. And, sure. And I was uh, totally embarrassed. Totally lost that one. <laughs> you, wait, so you're, this is a college friend of yours? Yeah, college friend. Small, like eight person bachelor party, maybe three of us from college, a couple from home, a couple guys he worked with. So it was a lot of like, you know, testosterone trying to like puff their chest and like, you know, like sure. out drink the next guy. Sure. And uh, and I I lost. Who won the bachelor party? Would you say the bachelor was super impressive. He's the kind of guy who his uh, to be wife is incredibly strict, like regulates his diet, sort of strict. Oh god! And like you know, he's not allowed to really act out. She's like very she's European and, and a bit proper, I think. Mm. And um, so he was he was he was in rare form and and was really impressive. I was I was wowed by his. Uh, you know, both in terms of skiing and, and kind of evening activities. He was uh, impressive stamina. Yeah, this was his moment, it sounds like. It was it. It was it. Well, you know, that's that's good. It's, uh, I guess you want the Bachelor to win the Bachelor party. Yeah. Yeah, he was a good winner. Glad he, <laughs> I was glad he defeated me. I told him at the end. I was like, you, you, really, you really impressed me this trip, Bobby. Oh, it was Bobby. It wasn't Weinreb. I was going to ask if it was Scotty Weinreb. No, no. He, he would regulate himself, Scotty uh. Weinreb. He's the only college friend of yours that I even remember. Oh, yeah? yeah he's, I mean, he's a good doctor. He's a good doctor now. He's a doctor? What kind of doctor? He, he, he's got a wild story. Uh, you talk about, like, career path. He was, like, going, like, the finance route, interned at Goldman over the summer. But he always had a pacemaker. That was his, that was his thing uh, from a young age. He, like, almost, mm. almost died one summer. He got a pacemaker put in. And I think after a summer of, like, Working at Goldman, he's like, I don't see the meaning in this. Like, I'm going to go get my post back. And now he, like, um, he works at CHOP, uh, so the children's hospital. And he does, like, basically, like, does the pacemakers for the hospital. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Wait, is he, is yeah. he from Philly? Or did he just go back? No, there? no, no. He, uh, he, just got, he just went back there. He did his – the funniest one is he did his post back at Bryn Mawr, girls' college. Right. Where like I thought it was just funny because he would like do his like he would go to the gym and like on the wall it says like strong women strong minds and he's like lifting weights there with a bunch of like he's the only guy on campus like literally the only program that would allow a guy is the post back, um, and then yeah he just kind of like stayed he did I think med school in New York but then went back uh, and chops a great you know great children's hospital yeah I mean it's one of the best if, in the, if not the country and or if not the world in the country certainly yeah. That's yeah, so cool. he's he's uh he's he's temperate. He's temperate. He's not uh he's he's not getting out there as much as he used to. Sure. Is he uh would you be invited to his bachelor party? Uh it happened already. It happened oh. already. Did you make the and cut? That was yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of the great I organized one of the great moves. He was very adamant, no strippers. You know? Oh. You know, there's yeah. some guys some guys you want strippers and you're into that kind of thing, others maybe, and then there's some who are like, No, he was like a no, I will not do that. Uh so I kept leading on that. I was like, yeah, but we're going to get you a strip. Like, or we're going to have a special surprise. 
I kept leading it on. And then I made everyone go back to the house at a certain time. And he's like, Bennett, like, I can't believe you're doing this. I told you explicitly not to. And uh, shows up at the door is a Kramer impersonator, a guy who looks like <laughs> Kramer from Seinfeld. <laughs> it was so funny. Did he deliver like so a bunch weird. of like post Seinfeld racist rants or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, he like was like, yeah, he represented uh, the Kramer side of the story. <laughs> but he also, you know, and then he, but he wasn't so good. And then you take a step back, you're like, oh my God, we're just hanging out with this like weird, like middle-aged guy who is like freakishly tall and has bizarre hair. And like, <laughs> I think it was like a substitute teacher in like some people's district, like where they came from. <laughs> it was too funny. Where, where was the bachelor party? That was just, um, we did, uh, it was like Jersey in one of these ski towns, but over the summer they had like, uh, like rafting. So it was uh, like lazy river all day. It was really cool. I've never done anything like that. I think it was like the Delaware water gap or whatever. Sure. And you just can kind of like chill in these like, they give you these tubes and you hang out for like four hours. Float that was like a river. float. Yeah. You just float down yeah. the river. Yeah. I didn't know that. Was, it was like two hours from New York. Oh yeah, man. That's a vibe. Oh, that's cool. I used to, I do that in the summers when I was a kid, like in the Pocono. That, really? Yeah. You would float? Yeah. yeah have a good yeah. float, you know? And then when you got older, you would just like drink all the beer in, in Pennsylvania and float down the river. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's not a bad life. The float. The float life. Um, float. All right. Well, look, man. I say we do this. I say we cue the intro guy, and then we get to our uh, the main event. Our, our you know, we're going to talk some politics, talk some foreign policy, uh, talk some state of the union, some football, of course, because what would the podcast be without some football? And then we'll get to some other topics. Let's and, do it. Uh, we'll see if we can pivot this old podcast into a, uh, you know, I don't know, something appealing to all. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> I'm on board. I'm on board. All right, man. Well, without further ado, we'll cue the intro guy. Cue him. From AdBam Studios, coast to coast, this is The Three Point Conversion with Bennett Mayrock and Addy DeSessa. Welcome to another episode of the Three Point Conversion. I'm Addy DeSessa here with Bennett Mayrock. And now for something totally different. Let's recap that State of the Union. What'd you think? Did Joe hang together for the hour plus that he was speaking? Folks. Look. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he, he, said, he said eighth at one point, And I was like, that's okay. Now he's really turning on the folksiness. <laughs> he said what? He said, he said, ain't, I don't know. Ain't, I, I don't, oh my God. He yeah. said, ain't something. I forget what he said. It was, it was, it was well-timed. And I was like, all right, all right, Joe, man of the people, man of the people. Uh, but yeah, I was, I asked you a question and I stepped, and I stepped Did on it together. Yeah. Did you think you held together? There were a couple like words and phrases that were really unfortunate. Like I have a friend who's a speechwriter, So I like, I, you know, I kind of think about like, like the way he talks about the speechwriters for Biden, they're like, these guys are like gods. Like that's like the ultimate job is to write for the president. And like, I don't even think Biden should ever have the word like ruble written down on a speech because that guy could not pronounce ruble. He was like ruble. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, get that word out of there, guys. Come on, right, right for your, uh, right for your speaker. True. There, there was one. There was one. Uh, I think the worst uh, slip that I heard was he was saying uh, something. This is in the first ten minutes or so when he was talking about Russia and Ukraine, and he was saying. Uh, <laughs> Like Putin thinks he can 
hurt the resolve of the Ukrainian people, but all he's done is he strengthened the resolve of the Iranian people. And you were like, <gasps> "Is that Iranian?" Like, yeah, oh. I was like, "Oh no, you don't know." Pull up, pull up. Uh, yeah, so that was bad. Uh, and then there was a few times when, like, I just couldn't even focus on the substance of what he was saying because I was just so preoccupied. I was like, come on, buddy. Like, hold it together. Like, yeah. you, you can do it. You can do it. Uh, what about, he, he like, or, sorry, he had this one where he's like, you know, it's no longer called the Rust Belt. I'm like, okay. Oh, yeah, he's like, right, yeah. Uh, it's not the Rust Belt. It's uh, uh, the home of manufacturing. I was like, oh, <laughs> right. God, dude. Like, oh, dude, after like, no way that's what's written on the paper. Yeah, <laughs> twisting in the wind. Of, like, I was like, this is going to be a zinger. He's like, we got to bury yeah. the term Rust Belt and call it. I thought it was going to be like, you know, yeah. the new newly minted steel belt. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> and he just couldn't, couldn't stick the landing for a second. Yeah. True. It's um, it's hard to believe. Like you know, they pan around the audience, and you know, you see Buttigieg, obviously, you see Kamala, you see all these people who like lost to him, and they've got to be thinking to themselves, like, how on earth yeah. was I not able to just like be a more compelling figure to the American public than right this guy? <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, it's it's tough because it's like he's clearly um lost a step or or ten. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and they, but there were moments there where he was like super. He sounded super lucid, and like what he was saying was really connecting. And uh, I mean, I, I'm grading on a curve because I wanted him yeah. to do well. Uh, but you know, I think I think all in all, did a pretty good job. Mostly did some unifying stuff. Uh, a few maybe uh, important things that he had to say that won't go over well with the left, like what he said about uh, he said it's not defund the police, it's fund the police, and it's like. That's that part's gonna just inflame people on the left. Uh, I mean, like not not the not the Democrats, but I mean like le- like leftists. Yeah. Uh, and then there was parts where like he was uh, criticizing Republicans about the the Trump tax cut and like the ballooning deficit. Yeah. It's like almost like would take out that line. It's like, yeah, like I know what you, I know why you're saying that, but it's like. I don't know. It was spe- yeah, it was just like a spe- yeah. like a real opportunity for unity. And I would have just if I if it were me, I would have done way less of the domestic stuff and and would have done much more of the like you, you know unity stuff around Ukraine. Um, but at the same time, and this is going to contradict basically what I just said, it, it's almost like he was overstating the response to what's happening in Ukraine and Russia. And maybe this is a good time to pivot to that kind of stuff, but. On the one hand, I do think that there's something to be said for the fact that there's been a groundswell of international support for the Ukrainians and condemnation of Putin and of you know what Russia is doing generally, um, even more tepidly, but even from people who are countries that are Putin's allies, like China, have been trying to do like a little bit of distancing from Russia, mm-hmm. uh, but I mean like not explicitly. But like at the same time that like he was saying, Biden was saying like, oh, the U.S. was ready, you know, when we and like the international order was ready and like we're going to get this guy. And it's like, but we're, it, it, while this is happening, no one's no one's like sending troops in to help the Ukrainians. No one's like actually going to prevent Ukrainians from dying, even though we know that's going to happen. And it, it's just like a weird kind of. Uh, like juxtaposition of like on the one hand, yeah, we're doing all this stuff economically and sanctions wise and uh, non-military confrontation with Russia. But on the other hand, 
we're not we're not doing the one thing that like it's clear that the Ukrainians need, which is help fighting like the actual war of this. Maybe I'm wrong about that. So you're are you advocating that we should be sending troops into Ukraine? Well, no, I I don't know, but I just don't want to overstate the fact that we're, yeah we're helping, but I don't want to overstate the help because you know the one thing that not the one thing, but one of the things that Zelensky is asking for is like, Hey, send us, send us people to fight. Um, and we're not doing that. And I don't know that we want to get into any kind of a hot war with the Russians, but it just seems like we're fighting with one hand tied behind our back in some way. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't advocate for sending troops. And I no, do me. think Europe is, you know, supplying munitions and, um, supporting them um but yeah i guess right so your point is not necessarily send troops but it's like let's not overstate how we're helping but i mean we are crippling their economy and i think the the goal is that the russian people are especially the younger generation are rational enough actors that they will maybe force putin's hand and 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 kind of help have him come to come to the right decision which seems like it's not it's not the traditional, you know, U.S. foreign policy of the last 50, 60 years, but it's probably the proper role for us to be playing. Not necessarily like controlling other people's affairs, but, you know, doing what we can to influence it towards, you know, morality. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I agree. Like, I don't, especially after we just got out of Afghanistan um, to like go send kids from Idaho and Pennsylvania and whatever to go die and like, Ukraine. It sounds terrible, but at the same time, we can't do nothing. And even though we're doing so much, we're not like stepping in front of bullets that we probably can, you know, like we could ratchet up the conflict in order to save Ukrainian lives. But I, I think the, the point is that, yeah, like you don't know where that ends. Like what it, like if if yeah. we if we if we start fighting, let's say, I mean, not even just like the U.S. If it's like NATO starts starts actually fighting Ukrainian or Russian troops, what happens next? That's um, what, that's the worry. And but, right, but like, at, the, at the same time, though, like with the crippling sanctions, it's like at a certain point, doesn't Russia doesn't Putin just say, "Well, fuck it, I got nothing to lose at this point." Like the economy's tanking, like let's go nuclear or whatever. Something yeah, crazy I mean, that's like, like that. the that's the total fear. But, you know, this is kind of like what you have to do. And there's no basis for him to start attacking other countries that aren't attacking him unless it's totally egregious. And, and you could like build a world coalition around that. But if it's, you know, he, he you kind of strengthen his position if the U.S. goes into this war, or other countries go into this war that, you know, it's a complicated issue with Ukraine and Russia. It's not incredibly black and white, like I think social media would have you uh, believe. Yeah. And um you know, he would just spin that narrative that, you know, it's Cold War. It's, you know, the, the West is trying to impose its values and, uh, you know, take over kind of the Russian way of life. And, and that could spin out into a much, much bigger, more serious conflict than, than what it is today. I think it, there's a very yeah. clear kind of red line, which is don't mess with any NATO countries. And that would be Poland in the next country over. Uh, yeah. I don't know. But, let, but, yeah, but let's say, yeah. I mean, like what I, and I, and smarter people than us are, are thinking about these things. So, and, and I, I hope they are anyways, <laughs> I, I'm assuming, yeah. I think safely assuming that they are, but what happens is if he, if he, you know, occupies Ukraine and so now 
his occupation is bordering for NATO countries. Uh, you know, what is it, it's like Poland and Estonia and I don't know, whatever those other two countries are. Uh, and it's like, okay, well, now there's an even more imminent threat to us having to send troops there or NATO having to send yeah. troops to defend the territory. And it's like, okay, well, wouldn't it be easier to do that now? Well, we are. To... We are we are stockpiling and, and putting defenses in those NATO countries. Right, but I mean, if at a time while, you know, we and the collective we here includes the Ukrainians, hold Kiev and Lviv and Odessa and like the, the strategic cities in Ukraine, you know, like why wait until they've fallen to say, hey, you can't do this anymore. Cause it's like, I, like what's the end game? Like we talk about what's the end game for, for Putin, but what if Putin just stops like, like here, for instance, like what happens now? And it's like, okay, do we just let the Russians kind of hang out in Ukraine for, you know, forever and, and plot their next move? You know, it, Putin just wait. Putin took Crimea in 2014 and then just chilled, and there was like fighting for, but not 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 this intense of fighting for seven and a half years, and now here we are, or eight years, and now here we are, eight years later, and he's invading more of Ukraine, and it's like okay, well this is like a pattern he's repeating. It was what like 2008 they invaded Georgia and took part of the Georgian country, uh, and then in 2014 they took Crimea, and now in 2022 they're taking more of Ukraine. So it's like every time that we just kind of say, okay, well that, well now we're going to sanction you and now we're going to do this stuff. It's like, okay, but what are we, you know, why are we waiting for him to do all this shit? And I, and I, I don't know if there's a better answer. It's just kind of one of those things that I keep coming back to. It's like, yeah, I agree. I don't want to send troops in there. I think that would be a bad thing. And especially like American troops, because then Putin could be like, oh, this is America versus Russia. And we're in a bilateral conflict. And if there's one thing that we've done really well in this kind of reaction to the war, it's been like the U.S. sharing the stage with everybody, yeah, which has been like kind of great. And like that's one reason yeah. I'm really glad fucking Trump is gone. I mean, not only because Trump, like who knows how Trump would be reacting if he were president to this stuff, or it sent troops just... into Russia to help. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he'd be like, yeah, we gotta get that UK. But honestly, like he might do that. Um, but also just like not taking up all the oxygen. And people want to make fun of Joe Biden, be like, and we were already like, yeah, he's a little bit sleepy and like maybe a little old for the job, uh, or just you know, a little low energy to use Trump's description. Um, yeah, but but you know what I mean? It's like it's been really great that that it hasn't been like the U.S. That it's been like, oh yeah, today Boris Johnson said this, and then today Olaf Scholz said this, and then you know. Today, Narendra Modi said this, and you know, even Xi Jinping said this, uh, and it's like not just the U.S. Uh, kind of taking up all the space and claiming credit and uh, or whatever. Um, I think that was I think that's actually been a good part of it. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that that last sentiment. That it's it's nice to see kind of like a real coalition being built. Yeah, right, and. You know, I think the the win of the Cold War, if it was one, was that it just kind of these things just it's all about money. Right. So if you can actually really restrict their access to capital and like being part of the global economy, eventually it has an end. And yeah. that end is, is likely that it just kind of fizzles out. And, you know, Putin's old, 70 years old, just about. Um, yeah. And it ends at some point. And that like you believe in this like connected world where. Social media helps like the youth of Russia 
really see just like a better way of, of existing. And I think largely feels like the Russian sentiment is against the war. Um, and so if they take Ukraine, it's draw the hard line with NATO countries. And, and yeah, he, you know, there's, there's, it's former Soviet Union. So he has, he feels he has this claim over this territory and it really is their fight to, to have, not our fight to involve ourselves in. Yeah. And, but if you cut them off, eventually it has, I think, you know, a, a high likelihood of a, a peaceful ending versus this narrative of like the, the West is attacking. Yeah. I mean, I have to believe there's, there's people in Russia that support Putin and support what he's doing, but I have yeah, to also yeah, believe yeah. that there are people who are like, wait, I don't want to, like, I just, can we not do this? Um, I mean, and you're seeing, you're seeing those people. Uh, the, and their like life the, is screwed up. I mean, everything is cut off. Yeah. Their dollar is lost about half its value. Yeah. Uh, you know, their internet's going to get screwed. Everyone's hacking them. They can't use Apple pay. You know, you see these snapshots of the uh, subway station. No one can like use their phone or, you know, their usual means of getting into the subway. Uh, it's uh, their life is going to be way worse because of this, like in the Soviet, like it was in the Soviet union. Yeah. Their life no, was actually- way worse. Cause, and it's almost, it's, it's you know, probably a hundred X what it was back then. Yeah. But you know, the stock market losing all that's money uh, or losing all its value. Like that's it's closed. Yeah, you're right, right. Exactly. Yeah, like the central bank is like, well, really can't trace. and it's like, okay, and and they doubled their, their their interest rate for their like their equivalent of the Federal Reserve. There, um, yeah, it just seems really bad, and it's like, oh boy. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. And then in the meantime, I don't think the Ukrainians were were, were crazy about their president before this, and in a week, the guy's become a fucking hero. <laughs> yeah, seriously, it's pretty it cool. And there was this take that I saw that was like. Um, you know he's a Jewish guy, yeah. And like this, oh, but person... he's a not. He's also a Nazi, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that makes sense. Yeah, that's Holocaust kid is Holocaust survivor, but he's a Nazi, right? God. Um, but I just think it's. I mean, he's he's the the cool kind of the clear. Uh, obviously, it's not a game, and it's not winners and losers. But like, if there if there were a winner in this situation, it's got to be this guy, at least in terms of his. Uh, this is like the kind of stuff that myths that nations are made out of uh it's pretty cool that is cool i mean he might die but it's cool yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. right i really hope he fucking doesn't man this is terrible yeah. but I, it's, it's also just so intense like these people are just living in this modern metropolis one day in kiev uh i don't know if i'm saying that right no you're saying it like a very sophisticated guy ah yes yeah, Kiev, uh, over in Kiev, uh, but you know, living their lives, and then the next day they're making Molotov cocktails and <laughs> yeah. getting instructions about how to, you know, use weapons and things like that. That's it's it's got to be the most surreal uh, change in your life in a in a week if possible. Can't think so- of a crazier experience. Yeah, what I think is really the most interesting thing about what's going on is just like the like how social media is playing a role in this. I mean, one one you know, there's kind of this like a uh, pretty I don't know weird like grandstanding of like most Americans of like I stand with Ukraine. It's like yeah, like yes, but like is that really your identity? Like I, yes, everyone agrees like it's really bad, but like is that re- like you're really gonna you know make a thousand Twitter posts and change all your stuff about it? Okay, that's fine. That's that's one weird thing of social media the more interesting part though is yeah the, these guys are getting like instructions over twitter about how to make molotov cocktails yeah and cut off supply that. lines like it's really cool to, like that's a 
we've never really seen, or at least I haven't, social media used for like actually like oper like operationalizing uh, uh, your civilization, like your your people to become soldiers. Yeah, through Twitter, through Instagram, it's wild. Yeah, I mean, like I, I think you've probably seen it with things like anti-government protests and things like yeah. that. Like uh, you know, the Arab Spring. I remember that was like the very right after Twitter became a thing and people were using that to, to communicate or like make things go viral. Uh, but to see a state do it, like the seat of government using Twitter and Telegram and Instagram and all these things to communicate to the people is, and, and in like a not political way and like a life or death kind of way is yeah, military is tactics. Crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It's wild. The other like wild story that I've got is I've like, I just brought on a new, piece of software at work so like went through the whole process like worked with a couple of vendors the guys we decided to use my like guy was in ukraine he's ukrainian oh my god and like we just like we're due to have a kickoff meeting i'm like like a little delayed <laughs> wait is he, like, he, oh he's, he's he's from ukraine or he's in ukraine they're all in ukraine i think this like the team that we're working with is like they're like they have a team in ukraine that does like their like some of their sales and some of their implementation like speak good english and uh it's crazy. They've kind of gone dark for, on us for a week. And I'm like, yeah, oh I'm not going to press that issue. Yeah, we just cut him a nice <laughs> check. But like, yeah, all right. <laughs> like, that's hope to talk to you next week. <laughs> we have a meeting. That's also week. so weird, man. Um, yeah. One thing I got to say, though, it's like, and this is impolitic, I guess, especially among the lefties. Like, I've seen a little bit of, uh, you know, reaction online of people saying, well, why are we covering the bombings in Somalia like this? And just because this is a white country that, you know, we're covering it uh, yeah. in, in one way or the other. And there's just like so many things I would say to that. First of all, how many of those countries are, uh, you know, nuclear powers run That's by an autocrat one. who's like completely unhinged and isolated, you know, and just recently threatened to use nuclear weapons. And like, so there's that part of it. And the second, it's like, can we simultaneously acknowledge that it's bad to have bombings like and things like that and extrajudicial killings and UN violations in other parts of the world while also being completely alarmed at this kind of major rupture in the post-World War II European order? Like, is that, can we, can we not do those things at the same time? And, uh, and then the third thing is, is a lot of it is like from lefties who are just say, like saying, this is America's fault because A, B, and C. And you're just like, I, I have no patience for that. I really have no patience for that. And it's like, I, I haven't seen that one. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's really just kind of like people who are, they're not, they're not like coming to Putin's side. They're, I mean, there are people who are doing that, um, of course, on the right and the left, I would say. Uh, but there's a lot of just this like, well, like the United States has been the original imperialist and, yeah. uh, you know, the United States ha has been kind of bellicose in its uh, rhetoric towards Russia and every other country about their territorial sovereignty. So it's so it's no surprise that Putin would respond this way. It's actually a rational thing for him to do. And you're like, no, it's not. You sound like an insane person. Stop trying to like who needs to hear you say that? Like, who is that for? That's like um, because, Stephen A. Smith of uh, politics. Yeah. Politics. No, it's worse than Stephen A. It's Skip Bayless of oof, politics. Oof. 
because that because Stephen Stephen A, I can I can get down with sometimes, you know. And at least Stephen A like keeps it real when he needs to. Skip Bayless yeah. is just a moron. <laughs> yeah, true. True, true, true. Yeah, it's crazy. It'll be interesting to see what unfolds. I think it it, it probably doesn't go so well for Ukraine, but yeah, keep an eye on that. I mean, God bless those people. Fuck Russia. Uh, I would love to see more Russians just. I mean, so last thing I'll say is, on the one hand, I would love to see the Russians be like, wait a minute, why are we doing this? Why don't we just go kill our guy and get him and like free yeah, Alexei like Navalny really. and have like a real that'd be a fun assassination. Like, that'd be awesome. But then at the same yeah. time, I'm like, I'm not sure that we want uh, Russia to be a failed state, given it's you know got eight thousand nuclear warheads um, ready to go, pretty much. But it's already been a failed state. Like we've already seen this a failed state. And- I don't know. I, I kind of I, I like I have one Russian friend. Uh, I think they're actually pretty like good. The young generation of Russia, I think, is like pretty good and like lived through the bad times and understands like what being part of like the global economy will do for them. It's sure. just this like you have a few of these like like Putin. Like the the story of Putin is like when the Berlin Wall fell. Like he was like in uh, East Germany and just like was like burning papers. Like the guy is just a class like a true holdout from the cold war mentality like never has given it up as much as he might have let on that he did the the read on him was like you know promising you know young spy promising young agent the only issue is he lacks like you know basic human like empathy wow (laughs) yeah scary guy uh i have to say also like putin who i don't know what was it 10 years ago when he had that shirtless picture on a horse or whatever oh, yeah. his shirtless oh, yeah. hairless body and, and the republicans were like now that's hot i mean, I mean that's <laughs> man <laughs> uh, but he's, yeah. he's not looking so great these days man he's definitely looking a little uh just older and like not he doesn't look well if i'm honest yeah let's, let's hope he dies yeah i mean being an evil bastard will do that to you i guess <laughs> yeah <laughs> it corrodes the soul uh yeah let's hope he dies um well, great. I hope things go better. <laughs> uh, let's talk about our dear friend football. Football. All right. Well, now that we've had some time to process it, Super Bowl was mediocre. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, I think it was mediocre. It was a mediocre game. I had a great time. We had a, we had a killer party in my place. Uh, like about six or seven people watched the entire game. Uh, and then the... 25 or so people who were there came in for the halftime show and about 20 or so came in for the last like five or 10 minutes of the actual mm-hmm. game. And because we were, had been drinking for five hours and we were in LA, there was a, there was a groundswell of cheering for the Rams and that was fun. So it felt like a hometown game kind of, but overall I would say it was a decent game. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I don't know. You know, I, I didn't hear enough. I wanted more like how hurt was Burrow really. That would have been fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, looking back, I now almost think like, wow, Aaron Donald really should have been the MVP of that game. Yeah, I agree. Um, as much as I, uh, Cooper Cup is just amazing. Um, yeah. But Aaron Donald, I mean, the, I, I like you know, a lot of good buzz about him, uh, a lot of good stories, and a lot of good like historical placements of him, which is fun. I thought it was a good Super Bowl. It's good to see some new teams and some new faces in the mix. I, like yeah, like I agree. you said all year, it was great. Like the Bengals were an amazing story. I agree. I, I, I do think, though, and I, the Damashek was saying this, I think, weeks ago, but I definitely agree that it didn't seem like the best two teams from the Super Bowl. Like, and I don't even think either one of them was the first or second best team. Um, uh, the Rams were really good. 
And I, you know, like we talk a lot about how it's like a copycat league and these guys really aren't all that smart. And they kind of just look at like what has worked most recently and like will then change their strategies around it. So I credit the Rams Super Bowl win to hopefully the reason that the Colts will get rid of Carson Wentz and the Colts will mortgage future draft picks to go get a marquee guy. That's what I'm like holding out hope for. Well, so that's rumors going around that they want like the Stafford level trade. I think that that is, uh, I think it was maybe Ryan Rosillo was asking his guest the other day, who, who, what team do you think is the most desperate right now for a quarterback? And who's, what team is going to do anything they can to get a quarterback to win right now? And I think the answer is the Colts easily. Like that team is, is missing a quarterback who can just get them, you know, who can stay out of the way and not fall apart down the stretch, which is what Carson yeah. Wentz did. Um, and people want to make a lot of noise about the stats and say, oh, well, he only turned the ball, you know, he threw seven picks and he only had a, like four fumbles all year. Uh, you know, he, he wasn't, he wasn't, if you would have told me before the season that Carson Wentz was going to throw 27 touchdowns and have seven interceptions, that, uh, you know, people would have said, I'll take that. And I was like, I wouldn't. I watched this guy for five years in yeah. Philadelphia. And I told you, like, what do you fucking do? The guy can't win. And and that's and that's like I, you think anybody cares uh in you know a true Rams fan really cares how many touchdowns or interceptions Matthew Stafford has this year? No, they won the effing Super Bowl and that's what they care about. Um and I think that you indie fans would would take a quarterback who had 12 interceptions and 12 touchdowns if you won the effing Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, it's not stats. It's just you look at it, you go, like, this guy single-handedly lost us, you know, five or six games, and two of them – or two or three of them were the most important games of the season. And, lost and, and, not even and, Not even like he was not the winner. He lost those games. Well, so which, which games would those be? I would say the Titans game. Titans game? Rams game. He did that, like, fumble thing in the end zone. Uh, or, yeah, he did that both in the Titans game and the Rams game. Uh he lost. I mean, that Jaguars game, he was pathetic. He couldn't yeah. hit a receiver if his life depended right. on The Raiders right. game, he was pathetic. Yeah. Um, so now the, the, Ra- the Ravens game, he probably lost that one, too. The, Monday the Night Ravens game. game, he lost. The Buccaneers game, where they just kept throwing the ball the entire time, and he was throwing all these, like, picks into the end zone. Yep. Uh, that was oh, – so that's now we're at six. He tried to lose the Pats game. He tried to lose the pass game. It got really, really <laughs> scary towards the end. But no, we are. We just hit six, just top of our head of games that like he single-handedly lost. Yeah, because we had and, an and, incompetent guy who buckles under pressure at quarterback. And the other, and the other side of that is what you were saying before, which is like he didn't. He also didn't win any games. It's like you, you hope that if it's a if the risk reward guy, that there's at least some reward every now and again. But there was like. Point to a game where it was like, oh yeah, Carson Wentz won that one for us, you know? No, yeah, he didn't. He didn't lose some games, and he lost a ton of games. Right. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. The team, the team is a quarterback away. Maybe there's so you, know, you can put like the Broncos in that category too, and some of these other teams. But yeah, the Colts are got to be up there. No, no, I would not put the Broncos in the same category. I mean, the Broncos. Oh, the Niners. Good. What are the Niners? Yeah, I, I mean, the, the Niners are probably a Tom Brady away from winning the Super Bowl last year. Hold on, I can't shut my door for some reason. There we go. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, poor Jimmy G. <laughs> He's like the most Seriously. consistent player. But uh, it's like he, like, could not show up where when the Niners needed it most there in the NFC Championship game. And it was just like, God, you guys are up by 10 points. 
at the end of this game, like to a team that you haven't lost to in four years, and then they just fell apart. It's like, what? No, come on. So if they, I mean, if, if they had, you know, an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady, maybe they would have gone to the Super Bowl and they probably would have won. No, but go a couple notches down and they still probably win the Super Bowl, you know? Anyone, yeah, but, anyone in the top 15, they win the Super Bowl. Okay, yeah, I mean, let's go through that. They, Stafford, they probably would have won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Burrow. Yep. Russell I mean, but Wilson. that's, that's yeah. also like, you know, quick aside, you could put Burrow on a lot of these teams and it's probably like those teams can be elevated to where the Bengals were this year because the Bengals suck. They had, good, they had good receivers, but yeah, they were they had a horrendous O line, and the defense was fine. Yeah, and but but shaky when it when it came to the most. Um, and I think Eli uh, Apple gets way too much credit. Yeah. You gave him credit a few weeks ago, and I think he gets too much. Credit. I never gave him credit. Are you kidding me? That's that guy's just like makes a lot of noise, and he you know burns bridges everywhere he goes. It's like you want to find out about like the character of a guy, ask his former teammates, and he burned bridges in in New York, and in New Orleans. So he's um, yeah, yeah. No, I think I mean. So play, plays out. Who are the Col- like? Who could the Colts possibly hope of getting the quarterback? Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, I guess. Yeah. Maybe Deshaun Watson. Ugh. Yeah, I don't think you want that one. Uh, you know, this Kyler guy's making a lot of noise down there in Arizona. <laughs> yeah. Why not him? Why What's not him? The story with that guy. What's the book on him? Any idea? I've seen some interviews after this whole thing came out. I watched some like interviews like around him getting drafted. He's kind of a punk. Yeah. He's kind of a punk. And I don't know. I'm reading a lot into this, but like, you know, he he was a top draft pick in baseball as well. Like he's just like a guy who's like really, really just like good and just like an amazing athlete. Yeah. Um, Doesn't necessarily make you the best like team leader quarterback um, you know, kind of selfless guy who's going to take you to the Super Bowl the way like a Joe Burrow is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I worry about him. That, this is crazy what's going on over there. I think that it's – my opinion of him has, got, has changed so dramatically. I, I would like to give him a pass on the fact that the last couple of seasons they started fast and then ended poorly and they kind of fell apart down the stretch. It's like it's a long season. Your body's adjusting to it. You're a young player. It's not the craziest thing that – you're not as good or not as sharp at the end of the season as you are in the beginning. And he's like definitely shown improvement from all in all three years. But then it's like, you hear all this crap about him and you hear all this like, Oh yeah, he's a great athlete and he's a great individual performer. But yeah, like you said, he's not, he doesn't have like, I can put the team on my back kind of thing the way Joey B does. Um, doesn't have the kind of like, man, that guy's just out there making his teammates better, doing everything he needs to do to win. It seems like he's like just kind of, not blackmailing, but saying, you know what, you guys need to pay me, or I'm just gonna say fuck it and go play baseball. You know, it's like, okay, yeah. well, are you committed to this project here? Because you can't be like one in, one foot in, one foot out. You got to be all in in order to win in this league. And then they, he's like doing this thing, like we need like the Cardinals' commitment to like build a Super Bowl contender. It's like, well, they've probably been the most active team in free agency over the past two years. Yeah, yeah trades in free agency. You know, they've got uh, JJ Watt. AJ Green, they traded for Hopkins. Like they're they're making moves. Chandler Jones, yeah, yeah, Chandler, no, like, they're making moves. Uh, you know, I, I can't think of another roster that's been more improved. And like you say, what you will about like AJ and JJ Watt over there, like over the hill. But like they went out and got these guys like on the flyer. Like are these guys going to be the superstars they once were? Like they're taking a bet, knowing that those guys in three years are going to be a zero for the franchise. And so yeah. let's build it now around this guy. 
I think I I think I think he's he's out to lunch with that comment because it's like, buddy, they drafted you first overall the season after they took Josh Rosen number ten. It, it's yeah. not that you know teams look at the Giants. You know they drafted uh, Daniel Jones like sixth or seventh a few years ago, and it's like there were other quarterbacks that they could have taken since then, but they didn't because it's like you know we drafted this guy pretty high. Are we just gonna pull the ripcord? And so for a team to say, you know what, we gotta just we gotta just suck it up and be like, yeah, we maybe didn't make the greatest draft pick last year. We gotta gotta pick another quarterback this year. It's like th- that team's trying to win. They've got a state of the art stadium. They've got like a you know the corner of the market there because there's no there's no other NFL franchise in Arizona or anything like that. It's like definitely the kind of team that seems like they're trying to win. And so for him to go out and say that, it's like, where are you, man? Like you're 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 out of it. Having said that, I would take him in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah because they could probably win in your program except for if your fucking coach would you know call 80 pass plays in a row instead of just giving jonathan taylor the ball the same pass play in a row yeah right <laughs> yeah um other news do you see this about uh tom brady's making a making a movie he's gonna act and play himself space jam <laughs> yes space jam three uh no it's um about like the Road to Super Bowl Fifty One against the uh, when the Pats beat the Falcons, and I think it's like four people, four fans, and they're like road trip to this game. Um, but yeah, Tom Brady's gonna like portray himself in this movie. I I, I really don't know. It's a real movie. Expect. Yeah, it's a real movie. Wow. I don't know no, what I don't, I, I, I don't really know the details of it beyond that. But uh, then there's also this you know increasing uh, rumor mill action about him just being maybe over it in Tampa and kind of not on the same page as Bruce Arians in that. Yeah, sure. sure. You know, he didn't want to be the bad guy and say, oh, that, like, I'm not, I'm not vibing with Arians anymore, but I, I don't know. What do you think it's possible? He's going to end up somewhere else, maybe on the 49ers next year. No, I don't against. think so. Yeah. No, I, I'd say the odds no. are against it. Uh, I can't see him as much of an actor though. So I, I guess I'm lost on this guy. I thought he was mm-hmm. just going to chill. But I guess he's got no chill. Yeah, you're right. I mean, as the point you made a few weeks ago, it's like can't can't turn that off. He's probably going to be some fanatic about something else. And it's yeah. like as much as we praise these guys and hold them up for having hard you know work ethics, not just football players, but people in all walks of life. Something a little screwy with you if you're if you're fanatical about anything. <laughs> like yeah, you got to be a weird guy to be that good at anything. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Completely agree. <laughs> uh, you want to talk about weird guys? Weird guys that are just personally are so repugnant that uh i love talking about him because i love hating on him uh rogers with that gratitude post on instagram um well first of all can you proofread please like if you're gonna do you know that there's gonna be a bunch of eyeballs on this uh, on your post can you uh like you know have consistent spacing and capitalization and uh only you you. only you Sorry, sorry. Uh, and then the second thing is, is uh, what the hell are you doing, man? You know, I mean, like he, he, I guess he knows what he's doing, but it's just like your attention-grabbing lunatic because then he goes on Pat McAfee's show the next day and basically gives no news. Makes a cryptic Instagram post where he says, I'm grateful to you, Shailene Woodley, for being, you know, putting up with my weirdness. And then I, I, I maybe they broke up. I, I couldn't quite follow that. Or they yeah, they did break engagement. up. They, they broke up. Yeah, I think so. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. So then that's happening, and then he's talking about, like, how everyone was so great. 
to be, you know, in his locker room buddies or whatever. Um, and then he goes on the Pat McAfee show. He's like, oh, yeah, I made no decision about what I want to do next year. Like, what are, who are you, man? He's a weird guy. He's a weird guy. And, and, and now, like, the take that I like that I'm seeing a lot of is actually, like, it's okay. Like, let's think about the rest of the team now. Let's think about Devontae Adams and the guys that are yeah. there. Like, they're right. stuck in this awful holding pattern because they got this diva quarterback who's, like, freaking out about, you know, they'll pay me or trade me or what do I want? Am I going to retire? And they're just, like, stuck, like, waiting around for this guy to make a decision. Like, you you had this whole crusade last offseason about how, like, this organization doesn't treat, like, my teammates right. Bring back Randall Cobb and these guys. Like, you're screwing all of them right now. Yeah. Guy sucks. Guy sucks. Uh, what else you got, man? On football? I think that's yeah. about it. Troy Aikman's doing Monday Night Football now. I missed that. Yeah. Is he replacing yeah, somebody? Guy... Yeah, I mean, that awful crew that was there. Just going to be Aikman? And greasy. I don't know what the, the crew's going to be, but they just announced Aikman's in it. Oh, wow. 17 and a half million bucks a year? Well, apparently McVay was going to get a $100 million contract to go to Amazon and do their football games. Really? Yeah. I would do that. Yeah, it does seem Schiller. <laughs> like, yeah. Roma makes more than any coach, I think, was the number I heard. Oh, yeah. So, okay, here's what I'm seeing on field goals, which I guess is a Seahawks. I don't know. Oh, it's an SB Nation Seahawks website. Okay. According to the New York Post's Andrew Marchand, Troy Aikman, who called NFL games with, for Fox with Joe Buck, learned to join ESPN's NFL broadcasting crew for a deal reportedly worth more than fellow former Cowboys quarterback Tony Romo's current $17.5 million a year deal at CBS. What a sentence. That was a among the more poorly written sentences I've ever read. Ever read. Ever read. Sound like Joe Biden. I was going to say, um, all right, Biden. <laughs> Ruble. Um, yeah. Wow. So, does that mean Joe Buck needs a new buddy? I think so. Wow. It was that's, funny because I remember during uh, him and Buck were calling a game. I forgot exactly which one it was. And then coming up next was the Niners-Cowboys game, the game at Jerry World, the playoff game. And Aikman was, like, openly salty on air. He's like, and uh, coming up next is the Cowboys game that I guess another broadcast crew is covering. Okay, like, great. Thanks so much, guys. Like, he was openly (laughs) salty that he didn't get to do the Cowboys. I definitely think there's a bit of a uh, a competition with him and Romo. Um, So I'm, I'm sure that number was highly strategic to make him higher paid. But but in his defense, and I'm I'm maybe in this isn't defense of him like saying Romo's better or he's better. I think he's pretty good announcer. But it's like, why do you not have the Fox crew calling an NFC game between the Cowboys and the Niners, and you have the CBS crew doing it? Like the CBS covers AB covers the AFC, and Fox covers the NFC generally. And it seems obvious that you would have had Joe Buck and Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. I think I'm having a stroke or something. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman <laughs> uh, doing that game. So it's a little weird they had CBS doing that game. Just you know, agreed. But you know, it's it's also weird to like openly dissent against your network, like on on a live broadcast. Um, yeah, true. And I think most of America would say Romo is the more like coveted broadcaster than Aikman at this point. Yeah, but I mean, Aikman like disagrees. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe they don't, but that's just the guy that they could get because 
almost got a good deal with CBS. I don't know. But yeah, yeah. this definitely seems like it's it could be related to that situation where he's like, F you, uh, Fox. Yeah, um, for sure. I, I'm not so excited about it. I mean, it's, I guess it's an upgrade for the Monday Night Crew, but like, I'm still watching the Manning cast. <laughs> right. And, and the bar was on the floor in terms of the Monday Night Crew. It's like, those oh, guys, man. bless their hearts, but Crazy they were just bad. Uh, yeah. The worst. Yeah, I mean, mean that. Not going to say a bad word about Steve Levy, but, you know, if they got somebody else to do it, it wouldn't be terrible, the, the play-by-play. <laughs> oh, poor guys. Uh, yeah, I think – oh, yeah, I guess you asked what we do with our Sundays now, but like, I think we already talked about we do chores and things. Yeah, just get life right. in order. It's great. Yeah. Uh, it's time for the uh, round ball roundup. Round ball roundup. Uh, 76ers made a big trade. Big trade. Talk of the town. Talk of the town. I was texting Brother Jed about it um, the day after it ha- or the day that it happened, and he and I were both like, "Oh no, this is terrible." We had a good thing going. What? Yeah, yeah, we weren't happy about it. Um, I mean, obviously, like Ben Simmons, I could care less. Like, I, I don't think he's good. Um, people can say, "Oh, well, his defense is his asset." I'm like, I, I don't care. I'm not that advanced of a basketball mind. I just, I know he can't shoot, and it seems important uh, for a point guard to be able to shoot. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I liked Seth Curry. Um, I thought that we had a good, good chemistry on this team, and Joel Embiid was the star, and we didn't have to kind of uh, worry about is Joel Embiid going to get enough touches? Is Harden going to get enough touches? Are they going to be able to play together? Are they going to be able to space the floor? All the things that smart basketball people will say or questions that they ask in the wake of a trade like this. But after two games, Sixers look damn good. Damn James good. Harden is like the. I don't know if he's like the first player or the second player to have over 25 points and 10 assists in his first two games with the new he's team. He's dishing the ball. Yeah. He's yeah. dishing the ball. He, he, he looks skinny looks, all of a sudden. Yeah. He looks athletic and great. Yeah. I think it's that's, exciting. That's I, I'm, yeah, he, I'm all trying. in on the Sixers. Dude, and it's great. It's like, because the Sixers, I, I'm not going to lie. They like, even this year when they were without Ben Simmons, so they had like a little bit more ability to shoot the ball. Um, they just were like a little bit boring to watch. There were th- other teams that are way more exciting, like the Bucks, for instance, are way more exciting. The, the Suns are way more exciting. The Warriors, certainly. Uh, but Sixers were a little bit more of like a grind them out team, a little bit just seemed like a more boring team, at least to the untrained basketball eye like mine. And now they're super excited because they can shoot from all over the floor and they've got two superstars, like, you know, and there's no question that they're superstars. Pretty cool. They seem to like each other. Yeah, so yeah. my my exciting uh, announcements, which, which I think you'll like, is uh, yeah. I placed a little future bet on the 76ers to win the ship. Yeah, wow. I'm all in. I got wow, it at like seven to one, Sixers to win. You know, put up uh, sixty seven dollars and maybe win. I think it's like a little over. Yeah, like a, right right around seven hundred. It's nice. Wow, that's amazing. I'm excited for it. Well, you look at the East. And you go like, what? What's the Nets really the threat? I don't, I don't really believe it. I mean, Kyrie's so wacky. The team's not even in the playoffs. I think if it ended today, uh, so I'm not so optimistic on them. So then it's the Bucks. I don't know. Like I just think they'll match up well against the Bucks. You got yeah. Embiid and Giannis, and then you just have Harden, who's just like an elite scorer and can yeah. open up the floor. I don't know. Possibly, I like him. I, people are big on the uh, uh, on the Heat. Bulls I think heat, the heat yeah, are pretty good. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I'd like to think that you're right, of course. And now that we have two superstars, I think that it could be legit. So far, Embiid hasn't you know, had too much success in the playoffs, but 
that hasn't necessarily been his fault. And uh, I mean, obviously last year, the loss to Atlanta was not his fault. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. And then on the other side, in the other conference, the, the Lakers continue to be terrible. And it's this weird thing that LeBron James is doing where they had all-star game, the all-star game in Cleveland and he was flirting with the Cleveland crowd again and saying, Oh yeah, well, the door's never, the door's not shut and me coming back to Cleveland. And um, I don't know. There's some, there's some reporting that Jeannie bus, the Lakers owner had a meeting with him and a few of the players and was like, guys, you can't undermine this thing. Now we've, we've traded all our assets for Anthony Davis. And then we traded all our assets for Russell Westbrook. You can't come out now and say uh, that you want the team to, that you know, that you're not happy with LA and, you think they're not in a position to win a championship. Like we did this for you. So, you know, you're under contract get serious. It's a good conversation yeah. to have. Yeah. Yeah, I guess uh, so. It's, it's um, yeah, the West is interesting. John Morant, man, that Grizzlies guy, holy cannoli. The, yeah, I, it was last cool. night I was watching him like dunking over somebody who was 10 inches taller than him. That was wild. And then he did this crazy end of the first half. Uh, like he, there was a foul shot, um, and then Steven Adams got like the the shot went in and Steven Adams got the ball and like inbounded it, but like threw it all the way down the court and John Morant caught it in the air and shot it in like one motion. And like, just as the buzzer was going off and it made it. And it was like, wow, this guy's unreal. So that's pretty cool. The Warriors are looking pretty good. Suns, Suns are good, but yeah. I guess Chris Paul's hurt now. So it's can be good, pretty exciting finish for the NBA. Could, they couldn't have asked for a better situation. Yeah. I, yeah. I just, you know, for that future bet, I think you get in, you get into the finals and anything will happen. Yeah, I agree. And it's also nice, too, about about basketball. This is true of hockey and baseball to an extent, too. It's like you got a bunch of games. You know, if you, if you, if you have one bad game, it's not all, it's not all over. Um, unless that bad game comes in an elimination game. But, you know, it's, it's nice you got a few bites of the apple. Yeah. I, um, so the thing I got obsessed with now uh, with, these, with these betting apps is – you can do this live betting thing. So this will, this will, I know we talked about spreads a lot during football season. This might complicate it a little bit more, but basically there's this button that FanDuel and some of these sites offer. that's called a cash out. So what it does is it allows you to place a bet before the game or during the game at any point. And basically if you're like, you know, I bet on this team to win, it's a long shot. It's like, you know, five to one that they'll win this game. At some point in the game, just the way basketball works, there will probably be a run where they're close or they're up, and all of a sudden it looks like that 5-1 to bet might come true. With that cash-out button, you can just say, okay, like I don't need the full 5-1, to but just give me 2-1 to one and let me take my money. Mm. And I've been so successful at just you know, not getting greedy and just going in, finding like when, when the swing goes one way, take the money, and then follow it and just like cash out and like make like – you know, 20% or 30% of my money. And it's pretty, so far it's a flawless strategy. Well, I'm not sure I totally understand why, like, do you know what the cash out's going to be when you hit? The yes. Button? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, so they say they're like, you have like a hundred dollars up. If the, you know, whatever random college basketball team, or if the, uh, I was doing it with a Sixers Knicks, if the Knicks, you know, the Knicks is five to one shot when I place the bet, but now the Knicks are close. It's close in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, instead of you getting $500, if the Knicks win the five to one, I'll pay you uh, $200. You just press cash out and the bet's over and you make a hundred dollars. Oh, dude, that's actually amazing. Wait, that's great. And good yeah. for you for not, not being too greedy. 
No, no, it's all about, I think that's it. It's like, you got to like, you realize that most like degenerate gamblers are going to look at that and just get really greedy. Yeah. I'm just going in, I'm just clipping my coupon. And I, wow. I know that like, you, you know, you don't, you can't go broke making money. So I'm just cashing out, making some money, trying to find these swings in the game. And it's, it's uh, with random college basketball, it's extremely fun too. Cause you're just watching these random games. Now you got a little invested stake, you cash out and boom, you're out of there and you just made a little bell. Well, here's my question to you. How are you watching these games? Are these just like ones that you see on TV randomly? Or, or are you like, oh, I'm on FanDuel, I see this game, and then you go try and find somewhere where it's being broadcasted? No, even even earlier today, you know, I was like, you know, I was eating my meal, flip on ESPN, they got, you know, West Virginia, Oklahoma. I'm like, all right, let me try to, let me try to find my spot. Found a oh, spot, yeah, you... hit it, got out, boom. I think I made like 40 bucks. That's amazing. And there's no, That's... like – if that bet settled, if I just let it roll, like I would have lost, of course. Like no way yeah. that upset was going to happen, but I just find the time where I can make a little money off it. And boom. So it's a whole new, it almost like creates like live markets in sports betting in ways that have never existed before. So I'm, I'm loving that cash out, bud. That's pretty cool. It's also, like you said, it's definitely a way to just completely kill degenerate gamblers. Exactly. You take advantage of most people just being greedy assholes. Yeah. I mean, don't you think that's the business model? It's like, yeah, no, just, uh, tempt people with this and you know sure you'll lose money on people like you who are being smart about it but probably more often than not they're gonna get you know the people are gonna miss payouts because they're being greedy exactly exactly so that's fun that's been my new way of betting i really like it wow geez so i mean you said that you were you know getting your life in order and not spending all your time watching football oh, but it's, it sounds like you're just, basketball. okay well the other nice thing is you don't have to watch the full game right you're just getting in, getting out when it's time to go. Yeah, so are you liking basketball more these days? I mean, I, I don't remember you ever really being that into basketball at all. Well, so the issue is my hockey team stinks. So those are really like the two competing interests. The Islanders were good. I'll be watching hockey and doing this. The Islanders are bad. Are they not going to make the playoffs? No, they're, they're really in the gutter. So what's happening? I know that the Flyers aren't any good, and I know that the Kings are like middling, I think. Uh, but what's happening? Like, well, the Lightning are like, just like the best team. Lightning are good. Aren't the Avalanche good? Yeah, the Avs are really good. Um, so the Lightning could win it. Lightning could strike three times. The Hurricane, the Penguins, the Panthers. I think the Rangers are pretty good too. There's a couple of good teams. But I'm just totally like the Islanders are very mediocre. After going to the Eastern Conference Finals back-to-back years, like it's, I've really been um, disconnected from it. Oh, that's such a bummer, especially in the new, uh, in the new, new arena. I know. I've only gone once. It's nuts. Is it nice? Beautiful. Beautiful. Wow. Because they had... So nice. Night Spire. What's, your, what's the name of your company? North Spire. North Spire. Yeah, we, we, built, we built it up, baby. Hell we yeah. Up. <laughs> and that fucking Hyundai suite, though. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Whatever it's called. The Hyundai level. I still can't believe your uh, season ticket uh, in Brolio. Oh, situation. he came back with a good one. He, uh, oh shit, what was that band called? Um, the guys are singing the lightning and the thunder and the thunder and the lightning. Uh, you know those guys. It's like the corniest band you could possibly imagine. Coldplay. No, oh, fine. Hold on, give me a second. Uh, Imagine Dragons. Oh yeah. <laughs> So I get a text out of the blue. Hey, Bennett, it's Landon with the Islanders. I, I hate when these guys text you, by the way. <laughs> Hope you had a great weekend. 
wanted to let you know that for everyone that might be interested next season and was looking at our Isles reserve deposit list, I have complimentary tickets to Imagine Dragons tonight at the UBS Arena. <laughs> Is that something you're interested in? No. <laughs> They're trying to make me buy season tickets to a team that stinks when you can buy them on stub up for nothing. And in return, I get Imagine Dragon tickets. Night of. This is like a Tuesday. Or it was a Monday. Come on out Monday night to see Imagine Dragons. Oh, you can't God. refuse, obviously. <laughs> I, I almost wrote, I didn't write back anything. I almost wrote back, like, tell me the exact number of people who bid at that offer. And if it's over three, I'll <laughs> <Yeah>. sign up. <laughs> Imagine Dragons. Yes, I mean, they're basically paying you to, you know, sign up for Islanders season tickets next year. And they're paying you with Imagine Dragon tickets that nobody wants. It's like using the ruble to pay for something. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely <laughs> lunacy. It's like, uh, this actually isn't worth anything to me. <laughs> At no point will this be worth anything to me. Oh, it's a, it's a cost. I got to drop what I'm doing and go out to Belmont. Are you kidding me? Drag us out there, yeah. endure hours of, you know, waiting around for an hour of terrible music by some band <laughs> that you don't care about. Yeah. <laughs> Twist <I'll> my arm. <laughs> um, speaking of passing, Bennett, uh, the deadline for the MLB and the MLB Players Association to reach a collective bargaining agreement, the self-imposed deadline, I should say, has passed. And there's a lockout in baseball, or well, continuing lockout, and I guess we're, we're missing baseball season now, or games have been canceled now officially, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, the Mets are supposed to be good, so it's a little disappointing, but I, I don't really <laughs> care. 162 games is too many anyway, so, so short it up. I'm all for it. Right, right, yeah. I mean, this is uh, – the funny thing about this is, like, baseball I – mean, it's not funny because it's it, – I, I love baseball. It's, like, it really could become the American pastime again if they would just get out of their, their way and uh, stop owning themselves. The MLB keeps on, like, owning itself and playing itself. Uh, yeah, like Manfred's probably year. the worst commissioner in sports by, by a long shot right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I was I was about to chime in and say he's also the least liked, but then I was like, wait a minute, I don't think anyone likes Roger Goodell. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Manfred seems like he can't get a deal done. It, it's pathetic that after the like uh, initial shutdown of the pandemic, that all the other leagues got going, and then MLB couldn't get their shit together until like you know July or whatever to have a, a sixty-game season, and now here we are two years later. And there seems to be no, uh, you know, real prospects for a deal that gets these guys playing again. And it's like, okay, well, y- y- you're worried about declining interest in baseball, declining viewership in baseball. Here's one way to ensure that there's going to be no viewership or lower viewership in baseball. Don't have the games. Yeah. Awful. Yeah, Awful. it's terrible. But, I mean, the, the, the funny thing is, and I just can't resist because you were like, the Mets are supposed to be good this year. It's like, but of course this would happen. Or like, you know. The, the Mets, the Mets' uh, new plight would be, oh, well, we were supposed to be good, but there was a lockout this year. It's like, uh huh. You know, that's the that's the Mets. <laughs> it's more of the story. Yeah, yeah. The one year, the one year was all lined up, which is not happening. <laughs> like, what I'm, I'm like, really hoping for is Scabs. How fun would Scabs be, though? I guess so. I don't know. I mean, there, there's already like too many no hitters in baseball as it is. Like, you, you want to put like less good. Uh, hitters out there and yeah i want to see like you know big overweight like beer league style guys out. Oh, okay there. that would be fun yeah that'd be fun well I, what they should do is just have a softball league like a like a beer softball league <laughs> yeah but you have to <laughs> like it has to be like arcs it has to be lob 
Yeah, that'd be so fun. Yeah, dude, it'd be crazy. And, like, there would actually be some studs playing that. Um, people are actually really good at baseball because the pros are insanely good at baseball. I, I, yeah, it's a huge bummer because baseball is, like, a good part of the background. And I worry, especially in the summer, and I worry that we won't even get that this year. Um, but also, like, this is – this is what you get MLB for letting the Braves and the Astros play in the world series last year. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't have, I don't know that I could care less about a, a world series than that one. Yeah. Yeah. Probably true. Actually, there, there were some, there were some in recent years that I also didn't care about, but I don't know. Yeah. Not, not a, not a good look. All right. So we did MLB and MLB did nothing. Uh, we did some round ball. And I guess you kind of told us what's cracking in hockey. Although, what's happening with the Kraken? Oh, are they bad? I think they're really, really bad. Huh. I think like god awful. Could have fooled me. Uh, yeah, no, they're the worst team in hockey. Uh, second worst. Uh, the Flyers are among the worst, aren't they? Uh, they're slightly better than the Kraken. The Canadians yeah. and the Coyotes are actually worse. So how do you go from being – it's like the similar story with the Canadians as it is with the Islanders, right? They're in the friggin' uh, Stanley Cup last year, and now they're – But they didn't the have that teams. good of a season last year. They just had, like, a great playoff run. Right. But, yeah. But, yeah, right. It's just total fall from grace. They were they were middle of the pack. I think they were an eight seed. They got in barely. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's brutal. I, I'm I'm looking at the agenda here, and it says Olympics. Twenty five. Do you know? Do you know that there were? I was like, <laughs> did you know like, there was an Olympics that ended? Uh, so the the God's honest truth is, I saw zero percent of the Olympics live. I, I saw zero. I saw, didn't see a second of live Olympics, including the opening and closing ceremony. I saw a couple of replays of Michaela Schifrin. Uh, you know, like missing gates. I saw one video of this. I think he was a Norwegian skier get a gate into the groin, and uh, like you know, had to didn't finish the race because he got hit and you know he hit himself in the groin. Uh, I saw that uh, there was that big controversy about the Russian fifteen-year-old figure skater who ended up not winning anyways. And I saw that there was that California-based skier who skis for china and that was all i it's all i know about the olympics what else is there? what about the did you see the cross-country skier who got frostbite on his wiener what no yeah what a story a yeah that was a good story and how do i search that in like a you know safe way cross-country frostbite cross-country skier i think it was cross-country skiing frostbite. i think it was his second time wasn't even his first time getting cross, uh, frostbite down there Wow. Oh, frozen penis. Yeah. Yeah. Finished skier suffers frozen penis. Listen to this description. Okay. Here's the headline. (laughs) Here's the sub headline. And then here's like the highlighted paragraph based on my Google search. Finished skier suffers quote frozen penis during cross country event at Beijing Olympics. Here's a sub headline. When the body parts started. Wait, what? When the body parts (laughs) started to warm up after the finish. The pain was unbearable. Remy Lindholm set up to finishing 28th in the event. The finish year, yeah. <laughs> a frozen penis. Reuters reports that Remy Lindholm, a Metallica-loving skier on Team Finland, began suffering frostbite on his third pole, LOL, 
during the six the fifty meter fifty kilometer mass start race event. The event itself was conducted under such brutal frigid conditions that the race was first delayed by an hour and then shortened to thirty kilometers instead of fifty to protect the competitors who wore a thin layer. Oh my gosh. That yeah. is horrendous. Okay, wait, so that's terrible. What other news? That was the only one I saw. The other one was just the picture of the half pipe next to like the nuclear reactor. Oh yeah, that was, that true. was yeah, classic. I saw that. that was classic had, China. They had the bit the like Beijing twenty twenty two thing on the on the uh smokestack and i was like oh that's a conveniently placed smokestack you know it's like a doubles as a sign for the olympics yeah honestly yeah, that that's bad. my last that's my lasting image of this olympics just yeah china on that point aren't you a little aren't you a little surprised like that they didn't hang up a sheet or something in front of it? you know how they like in 2008 they like painted the grass green with like spray paint and things like that to make the yeah like, they're done trying they're done trying <laughs> to impress the west yeah. yeah it's so true it's such a sign of the times uh, Hu Jintao would have probably covered up the thing with the sheep, but not she, not she, not she. Uh, but did you see any of it live? Uh, nothing more than just like overseeing at like a bar or restaurant. Right. That was probably yeah. the extent of it. Certainly so wouldn't go out of my way to watch it. Are the Olympics, is it, are they over as a, you know, cultural phenomenon? No, nah, you put, you put it in the U S you put it in the West. I'm sure, I'm sure it would be back and relevant. Yeah. I mean, is it, what do you like, think that's partly like the TV time or just like, yeah, TV what? time. Also, like the uh, hockey players didn't go. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, and just like the, I don't know, like the whole feel of like it being in China was a bit, a bit off. Okay, so going back to our original discussion about like Putin and Ukraine and all this stuff, like I, I have to say, it's been weird to me for some time that all these people who are, you know, like before there was the Russian. 15 year old who was like involved in this scandal about the figure skating thing about like taking some drug apparently for her heart. Uh, uh-huh. I was, I, you know, it's like, you can't even call them Russian athletes because their country is banned from participating in the Olympics because they were doping so extensively that the Olympic international Olympic committee was like, you got, you guys can't compete as a country for like 10 years or whatever. And so it's like you got these ROC, like Russian Federation. Olympic, yeah. yeah, exactly, whatever it's whatever they say, uh, for the Russian athletes now instead of like Russia, and you know, so there's that reason to not let Russia play. But then there's also like, yo, they were like meddling in the 2016 U.S. election. Uh, there's like human rights abuses that are like unacceptable uh, to like the modern world in Russia. Um, and in China. And it's like, but we just ignore that. And the same thing with like the 2022 the upcoming World Cup in Doha. It's like, why, why do we keep on doing this? Where we don't kick these people out of things that are, you know, the, the rewards of a functioning society. Like you shouldn't just get to compete in the Olympics because you're a country. Like we can say like, oh no, you can't compete because you're fucking psycho terrorizing another country you know putin had already annexed crimea when he got to host the olympics or the world cup in sochi in 2014 or or the and then the olympics in 2016 or maybe i've got that flipped you know what i mean like why like why were why were they allowed to participate before and then having the olympics in china this year it's like hello yeah well it won't it won't happen if this ukraine thing goes down i'll tell you that much yeah i was glad to see yeah finally some some prohibition on the Russians participating in these international sports competitions 
based on their, you know, actions. Yeah, that was a lot of Olympics. <laughs> We've covered the Olympics. Olympics. Uh, so you won the win count. What was your final win count? I think I hit 200. Win count. Uh, you think. But I'm, I'm done with wings. I, I don't think I've had one wing since the, yeah. since the final I, whistle. On Sunday night, I had some chicken tenders. Uh, but yeah, I haven't had any wings. I think I had eight wings on Super Bowl night. So whatever my my previous final was, I ended up with eight more than that. Um, I guess I didn't hit 200. I got to 178. Oh. No, you were more than that because you were at 184 going into the – Oh. I did have some at the Super Bowl. I don't, I don't think I hit – I don't think I had 16 more. You only, you only need 16. Okay, wow. Yeah, All sorry. right, fair enough. Fair sorry, enough. Chance. Um. Yeah, I mean, I was right about the game, too. So, I guess I ended up winning the season. We should just, you know, I don't want that to go un- unnoticed. Uh, but, yeah, instead of win count, you want to do salad count? Salad count. Uh, and this is starting when? Because I had a salad tonight. Doesn't count. Okay. On a go-forward basis, uh, I'll count, like, an appetizer salad as half. Okay. Meal salad is full. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I, I think use your discretion is like, is a, is like a burrito bowl. Is that a salad? Probably not. You know, no, the main no. consistency is rice. It's no, yeah. but if it's main is lettuce, I'll give it to you. Uh, okay. uh, does that sound right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But what if you got a, what if you got something that you would indisputably describe as, as a salad, but isn't lettuce based? Like what? Like a, you know, a quinoa type bowl. And that's like the rice bowl. Yeah. Okay. That's I don't a think it's power. A salad. That's a good green bowl. Yeah. All right. That's not a salad. The, the salad. main the main ingredient needs to be lettuce to be a salad. Okay. But, but you can what have about... you can have quinoa in your salad. Oh, what about like chopped up a bunch of chopped up tomatoes in like balsamic? Yeah, salad? that's probably a salad. If it's a close call, mm-hmm. how about this? If it's a close call, you have to take a picture and share it, and we can discuss. And if okay. you don't do that, if you can't don't do that, you can't you know, ex post facto come in and say, look, I had a bunch of tomatoes chopped up with, with the dressing salad. Boom. It's like, no, we Even didn't visual, show me. Visual gotta, yeah. yeah. So, or at least visual, like so, a, a working basis. Like I, I could be convinced if you sent that picture to me and I mean, if my initial yeah. reaction is like, no, not a salad. Okay. Okay. Like chopped hey. up cucumbers. That's probably a salad. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, chopped up cucumbers more realistic than the tomatoes probably. And that's a perfect example. Or you know what? A salad with cucumbers and tomatoes chopped up. That's probably what you're going to get. Salad, yeah. Salad, salad. yeah. Salad. salad, salad. And you can't you can't intentionally uh, split up one salad into two sittings. Like if I go to Sweet Green and I'm like, damn, you know, Sweet Green is good, but they put too much salad in these bowls. I'm going to save it for later. That's not two salads. That's one salad, even though it's a huge, substantial salad. Even if that's your only meal. What do you mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. No, because it's still one salad. Okay, I'm on board. Salad Beautiful. You there? Salad count. Hello? Hello? Hey, I don't know where I lost you. Salad. Yeah. Um, 
I, I, I'm going to hold firm on my rule that I think that if it's a, if it's a salad, you know, you, you get one chance to eat a salad. If you're eating that salad in two sittings, that's on you. Okay. Unless it's, unless it's a salad that you're like, I'm meal prepping this salad. Like here's one, you know, salad that I'm going to bring on Monday. Here's a salad I'm bringing on Tuesday. If you go to sweet green or something and you got to save half of this for later, too bad. That's one salad. One salad is one salad. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm on board. Mm-hmm. And I like the mm-hmm. text a picture for uh, for approvals for education. Right, right, exactly. I mean, but look, you won't need to do that if you go to your sweet green and you get like, hey, I'd like a guacamole greens. We know that's a salad. Salad, salad gal. You, All right, <laughs> we got to change up the, the 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 announcement. Right, it can't be like so intense, and it's got to be like. Salad count. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I was like, how do I get out of this uh, sentence that I started? <laughs> it's no longer called the Rust Belt. It's called... Uh... It's called, it's called the, 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 the place where manufacturing happens. <laughs> belt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you, know, you know what's interesting about the time we live in? these headlines that now have like huge bold fonts you go to the New York times right now, go to newyorktimes.com. You got two separate headlines a, a below and above the fold that are just giant fat font. It used to just be, I actually noticed this the other day. It used to just be like, right. Like Japan attacks Pearl Harbor. That was like one of the few times they used that. Bold right. font. Exactly. And now they do it every day for Ukraine. And yeah. Yeah. Every day for Ukraine. Yeah. And like, I mean, I get it. It's like a huge crisis. Uh, and it should be like that, but like, damn, that seems like we're getting that kind of font a lot. <laughs> Maybe it's a sign, of the, it's a sign of the times. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Always the big everything that happens is the biggest deal. You see, you see, you know this Beto O'Rourke guy. Yeah, I guess he's uh, running for governor in Texas, and he won the Democratic primary. Oh, wow. I like that guy. I like him too, but I think he, he has to win this time. Otherwise, it's you know he'll have lost three straight elections because he, he lost the Senate in 2018 when he ran against Teddy Cruz. Uh, then he lost. I mean, he didn't lose, I guess, but he, he didn't win the presidency uh, when he ran for the Democratic nomination in 2020. And so, if he loses this one in 2022, it's like, dude, you just don't. You, you know, they don't want you. Texas is a tough state, though. Tough state. Tough state. Upstate now, but, uh, now, now I'm hearing about it, it, it becoming red, uh, even among people who you would have expected, like young Latinos who maybe were initially put off by Trump, but a lot of the like abortion uh, politics is swinging them in another direction. It's bad stuff, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so we got salad count. We got our, we got our, uh, you know, foreign policy news. What are you watching on TV? Or I got one pick. The one pick that's blowing me away that comes out, I think, tonight, or actually four minutes ago on the East Coast, is um, are you watching this Kanye West documentary? Genius? No, I'm not. Genius. Dude, I am not a Kanye fan by any means. And I, I remember being back are, in though. the Kennedy house. I'm not. I'm not. And I remember vividly in the Kennedy house, like, a lot of people went to this, like, big concert in, it was, like, Trenton or somewhere like on that big tour. Yeah, it was like his like first the big graduation tour. tour. Like, yeah, and I was like, yeah, no, I'm all right. Uh, I'm not. I'm not cool enough for that shit. And uh, I am entranced by this documentary. Really? Uh, it, 
Yeah, it's it's not Kanye West. It's just the study of this guy followed him around when he was just a producer. Like he was like a good producer and like starting to make like music for successful like people like Jay-Z and like make the beats. But he was nothing. And he had this guy following him around with a camera and just documenting him. And it is unbelievable to see him like walk into like this music producer's office with like these songs that later would become iconic. And like, no one is giving him the time of day. And the receptionist is like, he's trying to like play it and rap for the receptionist. And she's like, will you just leave us alone? Like we're having a conversation about like our cell phones and you're in here rapping, like, please leave. Wow. It's crazy. And then you get to see him deal with, and deal with that and his mom. And you see the influence that his mom was on him and just like what, like what it means to have this like strong mother, single mother who's just like involved in his life and like knows his dumb stupid raps and like is helping to support him it's like i don't think you'll ever find like a study in just such like a successful person before they were successful that's so like intimate uh, mm. as this it's crazy that's wild i wonder is was this guy who fought around his friend or did he just have some inkling that kind of guy from somebody? chicago who like knew him he was a comedian he dropped what he was doing he wanted to like be a videographer and just followed kanye around everywhere he went while he was like making that first album. Uh, there was that car crash that happened. So we were documenting him there. They were like out, down and out. And he like made that first music video of Through the Wire and that like got like the record label to free up his marketing funds. Like it is an unbelievable journey, these first two episodes. I don't know what the, like he's not, like he's not famous in these first two episodes until like the very end. And it's, uh, it's incredible. It's three hours of footage. That's incredible. Yeah, I can't, I can't, like I'm, it's like better than any movie you could watch in terms of just wow. like the study of human character and like what it means to be like up and coming in, in this like celebrity society. Wow. And I'm not a Kanye guy, but now it's like, I just, I kind of, you know, you just see him through a whole different, actually not a whole different lens. Cause he's like crazy. And you can tell that there's like inklings of crazy, but like, that's what it takes to be that super successful. You have to be like crazy and, just like seeing the world in this like view of like, I am great and I will be persistent until everyone sees my greatest. Yeah. I mean, just the way you did, the way you've described so far about him walking into these offices and rapping for anybody who will listen, he sounds like the kind of guy who has that sort of, um, I'm, I'm going to will this thing to happen. Yeah. I just believe so much in himself. Uh, it's, it's wild. I, I can't like, it's the best thing I've watched in a while. Wow. All right. That's a hearty endorsement. Genius. I've watched, I've watched a ton of stuff, man. I've watched a bunch of movies. Uh, I recently went to the AMC in Burbank where I watched the nom Oscar nominated live action short films. All of them were very sad and depressing. Uh, dystopic. And maybe that's just like you said earlier, the time we live in. That was intense. Ugh. Last Short's night though, I watched this great one uh, and I stayed up to like one thirty watching this movie because I was like, oh, I'll just watch a few minutes of this and see if it's interesting for later. Ended up watching the entire thing. It was uh, The Eyes of Tammy Faye. You heard of that? No. Yeah, let me just make sure I got that title right. The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Yeah, came out in 2021 um, and Jessica Chastain stars as Tammy Faye um, something or other. Tammy Faye Barker, uh, Baker. Uh, and she plays opposite Andrew Garfield, but it's like a real story about these televangelists. So like television evangelicals uh, who, uh, I don't know if I said that right, tele, 
televangelists. Maybe that doesn't stand for television evangelicals. Tele- television evangelists. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Um, so they, you know, they're just TV preachers basically, and they. It's like the story of these people who are real people who are like Pat Robertson, uh, Jerry Falwell types, and uh, it's really weird, but it's a great movie, great portrayal. Jessica Chastain does like just absolutely melts into this character, and I had no idea who the person was in real life, uh, but it's just like a fantastic movie. Uh, really gripping. I'd recommend it. Eyes of Tammy Faye. I'll check it out. Yeah, I like Chastain. And Chastain's nominated for uh, best actor, uh, or, huh. or be, you know, best actress in the leading role for that one. Huh. So, so that was good. Yeah, check that one out. Give it a go. Uh, and then I'll spare you what some of the other stuff I'm watching because hey, you know, it's past uh, it's past Biden's bedtime on the East Coast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you got any predictions for the week ahead? Not really. I'm trying to think. What's coming up? Yeah, I, I think the Sixers keep winning. Yeah, I think the Sixers keep winning. A- any uh, foreign policy predictions? Think Kiev's Kiev's going to fall? <laughs> Is that a terrible thing no. to predict? No, not in a week. You? I hope not, man. I, I I really worry about them escalating this bombing and the siege of these cities uh, and indiscriminately killing people. Not that it was okay before, but yeah. I, it worries me. So what's your prediction? You think it'll happen? No, it's not going to happen because uh, the Ukrainians are going to win. They're just going to will it into, will it into reality. I, 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 I think, um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what, what any good sports that are coming. I, okay, do you think that the MLB is going to reach an agreement this week? No. You? I, no. I, do you think we're going to have baseball this year at all? Yes. Yeah, I do too. All right. That was fun. So your prediction is no lockout continues. Lockout continues, yeah. But we see okay. baseball. All right. You got documented. Yeah. Documented for, for uh for future future pods. No man, I'm excited to get out there and eat some salads. Great. Great. Well, I guess we'll we'll regroup next week and uh I guess until then, good night from LA. And good night from New York. See you next week, maybe. See ya. Thank you for listening to The Three Point Conversion with Bennett Mayrock and Addy DeSessa. Brought to you by AdBam Studios, Coast to Coast.